Good morning. Welcome to week three of our Come to the Table series. Can I encourage you to check out more details, you know, the whys and the wherefores of our church's need in this season via our church app and website, or just come directly to us with questions. Can I ask you to pray and ask questions of each other in your ministry teams and life groups, and please respond, if you can, before the end of November. Our church family has significant needs. I mean, we're a big family, but we've got significant needs. There is a gap of $6,000 per week between what we receive in offerings and what we need. And we are aware that 45% of the adults who call Gateway Home do not give financially at all. And now more than ever, our church family needs to be financially strong so that we can meet the responsibilities we have, you know, to help the local community, to spread the gospel in our nation, and to continue to help the poor in Papua New Guinea, especially the children there. In this series, we're talking openly about how the mission of Jesus is accomplished at Gateway through the serving and giving of God's people. In our first week, we talked about how we are all invited to the table of the Lord, and how he has actually carried us to that table by his grace in the Lord Jesus. Last week, we remembered God is our provider, both personally and as a church family. And as we release what he has already provided, he invites us into the miracle. Well, today we continue looking at the needs of this family. And I say family because this is not just a church organisation but very much a family to each other. So I want each one of us to ask ourselves this question. If everyone gave financially to Gateway at the same level as me, would this church family flourish or flounder? It's an important question. Now, now to be clear, not all followers of Jesus are expected to give the same amount. But there is a strong biblical principle that encourages believers to give proportionate to what they have in life. In modern times, this is best understood in percentage terms. For instance, if I earn $100 and give $5, that's a 5% offering. But if I earn $500, then 5% is $25. You see, it's not the same amount, but it's the same effort. And it takes all of God's people contributing to do all of God's work. Beyond percentages, though, the most important biblical principle is that of generosity, which is not limited to amounts, but guided by our heart for God. In fact, the Apostle Paul taught that generosity is a key Christian virtue. I love the way Bible scholar J.B. Phillips renders Paul's instruction to the church. He says this, Already you are well to the fore in every good quality, You have faith, you can express that faith in words, you have knowledge and enthusiasm and your love for us. Could you not add generosity to your virtues? Do you remember the generosity of Jesus Christ, the Lord of us all? He was rich beyond our telling, yet he became poor for our sakes, so that his poverty might make us rich. That's in 2 Corinthians. There he's reminding us that the ultimate act of selfless love and sacrifice is seen with Jesus on the cross. 
and that as we grow and mature in the faith, we should aspire to whatever sacrifice we can make for his sake. In the ancient stories of faith in the Bible, one particularly stands out to me. It's found in the second book of Samuel, chapter 24. Uh, King David in this story wanted to build an altar to worship God and to show his repentant heart. So let's pick up the story from verse 21. King David said to Arona, I need to buy your land so I can build an altar to the Lord. Arona said to David, Let my lord the king take whatever he wishes and offer it up. Here also are oxen for the burnt offering, and and here are yokes for the wood. Your majesty, I give you all this, that the Lord your God accept you. But King David replied, No, I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. I will not sacrifice to God if it costs me nothing. Wow. You know, in my own faith journey, especially as I was challenged about my financial commitment to God's work, I have had times of struggle, of doubt, and had to make painful choices. And here's the understanding I've come to through prayer. It was simple for me to dismiss challenges as not being of God because of the pain. But not every faith challenge that comes my way is easy, peaceful or painless. Often, peace comes in the pain. Sometimes deep challenge is God's way of seeking a heart transformation in me. So church, don't give up or turn away if the challenges we are sharing cause you to think and pray deeply and to change, to be part of the solution. It might very well be God. Maybe God's trying to get something to you so that he can get something through you to others. Well, King David had many flaws Yet he had an open attitude and willingness to do what God asked, despite the challenges. So it's no surprise that God said, He's a man whose heart beats to my heart. The Apostle Paul taught that to the early church. He said, After Saul had ruled Israel 40 years, God removed him from office and put King David in his place with this commendation. I've searched the land and found David, son of Jesse. He is a man whose heart beats to my heart, a man who will do what I tell him. And out of David's descendants, God produced a saviour, Jesus, exactly as he promised. For King David and in the Old Testament, sacrifice was about burnt offerings and donations to the temple. But Jesus revolutionised the idea of sacrifice towards being total surrender. He defines sacrifice as being beyond the things that we do and the amounts that we give to being the surrender of our whole heart and our whole life by faith to Jesus. It says this in the scripture, With eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, 
as an act of intelligent worship to give him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold, but let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands, and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Paul wrote that in Romans 12. Notice the imperative. It's offering ourselves in ways that are acceptable to God, not in ways that are just acceptable to us. And what is acceptable to God is wholeheartedness, generosity of life and spirit, that we be living sacrifices. But as evangelist D.L. Moody once quipped, the problem with living sacrifices is we keep crawling off the altar. So church, it's very much in our hands as to how we respond to God at this critical time in the life of our church family. Can we face the challenge before our church and deal with painful choices? Are we willing to be living sacrifices in the service of God? Will we respond to God's grace and provision, which he's already given us with generosity? For he alone can do the miraculous through our humble participation. I am convinced that God is not finished with us, that with God's power and our faith, anything is possible. I believe there is yet more to be done for the sake of the gospel of Jesus in this city, in our nation, and in the world around us. The table of the Lord is set and ready for you. Will you come to the table with me? Bless you, church.